Welcome everyone. Today is Tuesday and hope you're having a beautiful one at that. Thank you for joining us at Off The Dome Radio as usual. We appreciate you, your time, and checking us out today. So as always, we start with a little weekend recap, kind of some fun conversation. Tim and I just chop it up, catch up a little bit, review what went on the last few days, and then we get right into it. So starting with current events, uh, I read an article from TechCrunch about Tesla's Cybertruck. We're talking about their reservations, the certain models of trucks that they have, and a live demo that did not go as according to plan. Then we get into some RLEs. We recap a few of our favorite episodes from our last 100. Today is episode 100, so we go through some of our favorites, ones that really stuck out to us. Then I add one more RLE. An apparel company uh, reached out to me, and it just I had to go a different way. Did not want to take that offer for a few reasons, so I do dive into that. No knock on them, no bad blood. Just wasn't my cup of tea at this time. And then finish with our getting down and nerdy book talk. I mix two books today, Gary V's Crushing It, and How to Win Friends and Influence People. Tim, where do you take us today? Yeah, 100. We made it. 100? It feels good. And then we appreciate everyone who's listened up to this point and the people who joined this episode. It's been a great ride, and we continue to make the next 100 better than the previous. Mm-hmm. So for current events today, to get into the esports realm, I talk about what a big organization called Misfits Gaming Group is doing to spawn innovation uh, in the esports gaming industry. The the initiative that they're rolling out, um, what this is going to do for the little guy in the esports realm. Kind of get into that, which is good. Um, And then for real life experience, I get into my top three favorite podcast episodes that we have done. Um, All three of them were interviews and kind of get into how these three interviews influenced me, how it helped me become a better podcaster, and how it kind of helped me uh, just do life better. So I'll get into that. And then in the show with Book Talk, talking about a book I've read six times, How to Win Friends. <laughs> it seems like I've read it a hundred times. That's why I put it for episode 100. Yeah. How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. We both hit on that today. Um, what it truly means to be a good listener. We, we talk about... Oh, listen better. But like, what does it mean to do that? And it starts with the type of questions you ask. So I get into those types of things that you should be talking about and how you can create a feeling with someone that they will always be looking forward to seeing you next time they see you. So without further ado, episode 100, everyone have a fantastic Tuesday. Hang on. Hanging on. Is that a, it's a space jam? Yep, <laughs> the little the little monsters when yeah. they're flying, uh, like through the underground tunnel. Mm-hmm. Hang on, hang on, <laughs> hang on. Ah. I need to watch that again. And then they get stopped. They get stopped, and they push right through like the rubber, the Looney Tune uh, logo. Mm-hmm. God, what a classic! What a classic! I'm I excited to watch LeBron James version. I'm not. Oh, you're not. You're going to be one of those people that doesn't go. Yeah, man. Because look, I I hold that in the same regard I hold a second Top Gun. I don't accept it at all. It's like you don't need to make a second one. Why the is fir- that? The first one was just so good. You cannot make a better. Like MJ and Bugs Bunny. They're they're the two guys. Like. Bugs Bunny can't be best friends with both. Got to be loyal to MJ first. And it was just, it was so good. Like you had, I mean, they had Larry Bird in it, right? They had, um, 
oh, why am I spacing? Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. Like, just that. iconic people. Like, who else are you going to have a supporting cast with LeBron James? Right. Like, if Lola Bunny wants to be his right-hand well, woman, I guess, fine. But Bugs, it's, it's MJ and Bugs. Bugs. You know, it's just the way that it is. Yeah. Well, how many times do you hear them comparing LeBron James to Michael Jordan nowadays? Too many. They got to do a movie. Too many. They got to do a movie. Too many. Like, I was watching uh, SportsCenter put out on Instagram the uh, highlight when uh, Michael Jordan closed his eyes and he called out Mutombo when he's on the free throw line. Yeah, I saw Mutombo that. Mutombo was, was talking smack and he was, hey, Mutombo, this one's for you, baby. This one's for you, baby. And he goes up, closes his eyes, drains it. And it's like... That's just a Michael Jordan thing to do. I will never discredit LeBron's talent. Incredible specimen. Incredible player of the game. No question, second best ever. But he's second best. If uh, LeBron James tried to do that, he'd probably hit the shot clock. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Most or, likely. His free throws aren't very or, good. Or like in Space Jam when what's his nuts on the Knicks is on the line and it shoots over and knocks the, the popcorn yeah. guy in the head. <laughs> yes. His talent is gone. It's just like, you know, in a second Top Gun, there's no need. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't see the need, and I still have not watched the trailer. I've had patience and other friends kind of give me the side eye because I refuse. No, my my one doc uh, who, who was in the Marines, me and him, we're holding the line. We're not watching the trailer. We just, we don't believe in the second Top Gun. I don't know if I'll ever watch that. It, that's a hard say right now. I don't think so. Because the first one was just a classic. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just so well done. Such an iconic movie that some you just don't need to make a sequel. You just don't. You know, it's like, how would you feel about a second Mad Men with new characters trying to fulfill the same shoes of Don Draper? I wouldn't watch it. There's no second Don Draper no. for you. No, I would, I would never watch it. You know, it's it's just it's it's an Aspen that the way that it is. Well, Isn't that when, neat? Well, when when the uh, when the office relaunched with uh, with what's his face gone, Michael. Yeah, people still watch that. Oh, when Steve Carell left. Yeah, people still watch. It's the brand. Yeah, and, and I saw a few of those later episodes, and it really wasn't as good. No, I don't, I don't know if you watched Two and a Half Men with Charlie Sheen mm-hmm. when he left. And they added Ashton Kutcher. Look, I, I like Ashton Kutcher. I yeah. think he's a good actor. I think he's funny. And I remember watching him in that 70s show. But when he got on it, it just... It lost a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Like, you needed Charlie Sheen's, like, fucked up, just how he was. It just added to it. And when Ashton Kutcher came, it was still kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But it just wasn't the same. It lost that finesse Yeah, at that point, it. you got someone... Acting like an actor, and that's you can't just do you can't do that. Yeah, and, and it's, it's not just, it's not authentic. It's like I remember the one episode Charlie Sheen told his brother Alan he was going to quit drinking. Alan comes in one day because he drank a lot of like liquors and things. Alan comes in the living room. He sees Charlie Sheen having like a glass of wine. He goes, "I thought you quit drinking." Goes, I did. This is a glass of wine. <laughs> and then the next night he comes in. Charlie Sheen's got a beer. He goes, "I thought you said you quit drinking." I did. This is a beer. <laughs> just like it didn't count. But those small things, just that, it's it's what made him who he was, and that helped make the show. Same thing with like Top Gun, uh, Space Jam, 
I just think they don't need a sequel. And and I still am a big proponent of if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, but Michael Jordan's not an actor, though. Michael I know, Jordan's but I a basketball think, player. But that helped. LeBron James, is he really an actor? I mean, I mean, he was good at flopping, so he could have a good acting career. Yeah, good. <laughs> but uh, I'll never discredit his, his talent, his work ethic. He does do good things for communities. It's it's mm-hmm. no personal vendetta against him, whether he's in mm-hmm. China or not. I don't know. But, um, you know, it's just I, I don't don't see the need. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll be really good. I'm down to change my mind. Yeah, I think LeBron is a pretty good actor though, because he was in that one movie called Trainwreck, and well, I didn't know he did a movie. Yeah, he's already. I mean, he's he's got more experience than Michael does, mm. but maybe that's why he's not as good as Michael on the basketball court. Uh, I was actually watching. There was I follow this throwback account on Instagram, and mm-hmm. there was like an interview between LeBron James and Jay Z back in like two thousand two, two thousand three. But that's good. It's just interesting seeing like the way LeBron talks then versus now. Just like how much maturity has happened. I mean, yeah, it's been like eighteen, nineteen years since then. But mm. yeah, it's just it's cool to see. Was Jay Z interviewing LeBron or the other way around? They were, were they were both on a on a show. Together. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. So. Oh man. He like hopped up on this bus and he was wearing like. Baggy clothes, like the style of yeah. of what it was in the early two thousands, and yeah, yeah. I think uh, imagine an interview with like Dr. Dre, mm. that would be wild. Yeah. I saw a post him and Kanye, uh, Jesus is coming part two. Are they doing that for sure? I think so. Yeah, that's because like be amazing. they. I forget if you that can't was, just tease that like that I know. I forget if that was Dre's or Kanye's Instagram. I think it was Dre's. They were in the studio, and it was just them two. Picture of them two. And the caption was, Jesus is coming to uh, going down. So I think they're doing a collab, which mm-hmm. will be, I mean, not that I'm like a diehard Kanye or diehard Dre. Like, I respect each artist. I like a lot of their their music. You know, I don't know, like, I'm not going to go word for word on each of their songs or anything. But, man, that's those are two just kind of iconic artists mm-hmm. getting after it together. Getting hyped about some Jesus. That's right. Can't be mad about that. I'll be on that. Whoop, whoop. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to see what they put out with that. Because there have been so many people that have converted just because of Kanye's album. Which, like... Really? Yeah. Like, I'm excited about. But at the <laughs> same time, it's like, hey, make sure you're converting to Christianity for the right reasons. You know, make That's sure funny. it's it's a it's a you journey as well, not there just because... There has been a spike in Christianity in there, the last... There really has. Really has. It's like every other post, it seems like, from the news or from him or how many people have converted on, you know, in the last so many weeks or days. So it's it's good that he's getting awareness about, about God. I just, you know, make sure it's a, a good you thing, too. Yeah. Not just a, not just a hot trend, mm-hmm. if you will. That's how you know he's an influencer. <laughs> right, right. So speaking of God, man, uh, this past Friday, so I had lunch with... Um, this guy, he's kind of been, uh, I know we've discussed a little bit, so earlier this year I kind of refound my spiritual, my faith journey after being away from it for a long time. Grew up Catholic, uh, baptized Catholic when I was a baby, and once college hit, kind of just dismissed it for a long time, mm-hmm. about six, seven years, and earlier this year hit a point where I just I didn't know who or what to turn to with, with certain struggles and just being super low and... That's when I kind of was like, well, he's the only one that can probably really have my back no matter what is God. So um, 
got back into that journey and this guy is kind of helping. He talks to a lot of college kids. He's big in crew. And so but affiliated through Butler. Uh, he does things with with Butler, but is that how you met him? How'd you meet uh, him? No, he's actually a patient. Oh, okay, nice, nice. Yeah, so and I can't divulge too much just right, right. of HIPAA, but so he's kind of been discipling me a little bit, just kind of walking me through, helping guide me along this new journey and things. And because I don't practice as Catholic as I used to, it's just the church I found now, Trader's Point. I feel like I relate with a little easier um, to a certain extent. I thought. You know, the Catholic Mass, where I was going anyway, it's not every Catholic church, but I felt like they got good at telling me everything I was doing wrong all the time. <laughs> it's like, man, no matter what I do, I'm going to hell, it sounds like. And, uh, you know, the music is different at Trader's Point. They get a complaint that it's like kind of more rock concert-ish, but like being a musician myself, like sometimes the music is the only thing that gets me in the door that Yeah, day. that resonates with people. Yeah, so um he he's been kind of guiding me through that helping me with that so whether you believe in in god or just a higher power more spiritual the universe whatever um i think it's good to to have that peace in your arsenal because he he gave me a good image of it as like a a stool you know four-legged stool you have your mental your physical your emotional and you need your spiritual without that peace or without any of the four uh, no, you know, for physical, you want to have good physical health. Maybe it's, we like to work out a lot. Maybe just eat right and you go on your walks, whatever kind of physical health. Mentally, you need to be sound. Emotionally, you need to be okay. Spiritually, you also have to have that. So without any of those four, you know, a stool is very wobbly on three legs or two. One, one you're not going to stand at all. So, you know, you need to have each piece of the pie, each piece of the stool in good foundation so I, I feel like I've been adding more to that spiritual leg a little more mm-hmm. um, and some others I've had to build up over the last this last year too but he's really been someone who's helped guide me through and he's like man I, I had no idea you were doing a podcast and so I was like yeah man my buddy Tim and I like we're we're actually trying to make something pretty big out of it and so he was really impressed and he's like well I can tell you're you know, yeah, people skills. You're good with messages and things. I was like, we we each want to public speak. We have goals with writing goals, speaking goals, business. So, um, it was a I think like a two hour lunch, and we just kind of talked a little bit about everything. And uh, another big piece we hit on was tithing, uh, something that I passed to Aaron talked about, and tithing like giving back to God. So they say ten percent of your um, salary to tithe, give back to to the Lord. And with that, more abundance will come. So not that you should do that with the, oh, I'm going to do this so I get a lot more. But it's it's giving that to those who help provide good guidance for me. So I'm going to, I think, give monthly to his cause and to Trader's Point. So I have two different forms of, of tithing. Uh, even in times I think, I don't know if I can squeeze that, that's just going to be part of my my monthly bills. That's great. Um, I like that. And just kind of, you know, because I'm in some tight spots too, especially. So I don't know where things are going to go in the next month or two, where things are going to happen. But I feel like that could help me get through a threshold and kind of get over that fear of I don't know what's going to happen. And and I think God will provide more. So, yeah, that was uh, Friday. That was really good. Friday night, didn't do too much, just... All weekend kind of worked, hung at home, relaxed, recharged the batteries, got some good sleep, uh, and 
kind of getting ready. I got a crazy week at work these next three days, Monday mm-hmm. through Wednesday, short week because of Thanksgiving. But you get Friday off too. Yeah, Thursday, Friday. Nice. Yeah, so just wanted to be prepared with that. We have more interviews. Uh, we had one Sunday. Uh, we have one tonight, uh, tonight on Tuesday. And so just keeping the ball rolling. Wanted to recharge, get a good weekend in, get everything ready. So yeah, a little more kind of admin work, not as much much play, but you know, got to prioritize. Mm-hmm. Got to prioritize. Right. So how was your weekend, man? It was good. A lot of work done on my end too. Um, got back from Evansville late Friday night. And Did you have on, a work trip? Yeah. I'm okay. going back down there again on uh, Monday and today by the time this records. But okay. um, yeah, I, I went to one a marketing event at one of our properties on Saturday. Uh, one of our properties is doing like a vendor fair where they set up residents who live at that property. They can like advertise their business oh, cool. in the lobby. Uh, so it's kind of cool going there and talk, talking to those people about their businesses and um, kind of taking notes on how we can do better for the next one that we publicize in the spring. So make it, making a making a, an appearance there just to talk with people. And yeah, it's, I think it's important to spend the extra time to go meet and, and network with people when you can. So yeah. got so to, specifically for people that lived in your complexes mm-hmm. that had their own businesses. Yep. Yep. And most of them were like one of those, uh, they're like affiliate things like, uh, like th- what your mom does with, uh, what's it called? Arbon. Arbon. Like that type mm-hmm. of thing okay. where they, where they, it's like an affiliate type of thing and, okay. and they, they run it through that. But yeah, it was, it's kind of interesting hearing about those types of businesses and uh, like what motivated people to do that and anyone or anything that really jumped out to you where you might follow up or just keep tabs uh, on. I mean, or? there was, there was a photographer there who was actually doing the event that I thought was pretty interesting mm. and, and like just the work she did and, and the way she's approaching things. And I always like find it interesting talking to people who are like artists because I consider yeah. photography an art. Oh yeah. You, I mean, anytime you're producing something that makes people feel something, you're technically an artist. So that can be pretty much applied to anything, but yeah, I just learned about her craft and what she does, and I got her business card just in case the future ever need her services. And yeah, good stuff. So yeah, we're we need a few more photos of, yeah. of our stuff too. So. Yeah, can you tell that we're cycling through? <laughs> <laughs> nah, we'll get plenty. How more come here there's soon. never a photo of you two together? We hate each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that you say that, I've never <laughs> seen you two in the same room before. Are you actually recording together? <laughs> That's funny, but yeah, it was it was a good weekend. And this this morning we got a good business meeting in, had some breakfast, mm-hmm. uh, or it was Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. We yeah, this. Uh, and yeah. So good morning, mamas. We should get an affiliate with them someday. Yeah, someday they we were there so much. They don't have an Instagram, man. We have an Instagram, so we'll 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 post for you. We'll, we'll may, run an account for you. May, I was gonna say maybe we extend an offer on some services. Yeah. Hey, for this much month, we'll get. Three to five posts out a week. Let's build our OTD bank account. Oh. Yeah. All right, don't tell anyone. So we can reinvest back into the business. Maybe we do that. Maybe we reach out at some point. But hey, who do we talk to? But mm. all right, we'll have to talk more on air. Someone's gonna steal our idea. Yeah. Great breakfast though. Yeah. Phenomenal food. Um, you diverted from the breakfast tacos this time. I did. I changed it up. I needed to just add a little blend of herbs and spices to it. Just get something a little different. Still had my side of corned beef hash, but. Mm-hmm. Wanted to get something a little different. I always get the breakfast tacos. It's hard not to get their breakfast tacos, especially when you add chorizo on them bad bitches. Mm. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so still a great meal. Good coffee. I like their Joe. 
uh, yeah, and they always take care of us. So, um, yeah. Tim, what is going on in the world? Yeah, so I want to get into the world of esports. So I saw a pretty interesting story that I thought was cool. I'm always a big fan of when uh, the big guy encourages entrepreneurship and there's competition at least. So there's an esports organization called Misfits Gaming Group. Um, so this, they're worth like a hundred. This company's worth like 120 million dollars, according to Forbes. Um, they have like there's a bunch of like esports leagues, and so Misfits Gaming they have they own like team franchises in the League of Legends, uh, the European Championship, the Overwatch League. Uh, there's a newer league called the the Call of Duty League that just launched a little bit ago. And like I said, they're worth a lot of money. Um, so they are launching a ten million dollar seed fund and incubator. They just announced this for like small businesses to come to their headquarters in Florida mm-hmm. and like give them like knowledge, like resources, um, investment to help them create like new ideas. It's like an incubator type of thing. Interesting. And they're, they're supplying like $10 million fund. And like kind of the motivation to do this, um, there was a quote from the CEO. He was talking about how he recognizes that there's like a lot of investment at the highest level, like with, with companies. Like it's pretty, it's, it's pretty top heavy. Okay. And sometimes like the little guys kind of get left out of, of, it's kind of like Silicon Valley. Like you got like the really small companies that, that end up getting bought by bigger companies, but don't often have the funds to like really get their ideas to the top level. Sure. Unless they get bought out by someone. Um, and the the thing like what they're doing is they're looking like not only for like gaming companies but also like data and like analytical companies uh educational companies that help players with skill development and like game development studios so what i that's what i thought was pretty cool is like it's not just gaming companies it's companies that cover like all aspects of the esports industry okay analytical so what they're doing is they're like providing like the investments, the resources, the expertise, the contacts, everything to get their ideas to the next level. Um, and they're ho- holding like an open application period where they're choosing two startups from around the world by January. Um, and they're giving them the option to come incubate at their South Florida headquarters. Got it. So, so is it um, still going to directly help this Misfits Gaming in terms of if they need to market differently, use their data differently, or is it solely, hey, you guys are in the esports world, uh, what you're doing, your product or your service is really good, but you need a little extra momentum. Yeah. Where now, so I'm I'm curious, did did it have the article? Did it have anything about misfits taking a piece of equity if they bring them in, anything like that, or is it solely just kind of? angel investing style it's kind of like a it's kind of like a charitable act okay they the company has no intention of 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 buying or taking any stake in the company they they came out forward and outright and said that it's more of like a a recognition type of thing like hey like kind of like a public image type of thing like hey we are we are giving back to the esports industry by giving smaller companies innovative companies with the resources and I feel like there will be communication, obviously, like since they're exchanging resources sure. and information, I'm sure they're, they're going to get some valuable feedback to help their business better, but they're also giving them the platform and the resources to get their ideas to, to, the, to the top of the line when they normally wouldn't be able to with the resources they had on their own, these small companies. Yeah, so that's pretty cool, man. I like, I like the uh, paying it forward, giving it back when you, mm-hmm. you make it like worth $120 million. Yeah, you've done pretty well for yourselves. 
So that's cool that they have found a way to and make it, you know, pretty exclusive. So it's like a serious inquiries only, you know what mm. I mean? But I like their style of pay it forward, give it back. You've done really well. You see some other people that have something really awesome. It's just they're a little smaller, and now you're giving them the time of day, mm-hmm. which is cool. Because we, like we were talking over breakfast the other day that some people pass on us because we're still small right now. Where it's like, But once people sit down and talk to us, we surprise people with what we're asking, what we want to know about the direction conversation goes. So that's – I kind of relate to this a little bit where they're giving people the chance like, hey, you have something here. Now let's let's blow it up. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. That's uh man. I'd love to talk to this Misfits Gaming Group. Yeah, should try to get them. Yeah, we'll ta- we'll tag them. Never know, never know. Um, no, I like that. Again, that's we always hear from people like Gary V or Ty Lopez about giving back, paying it forward, mm-hmm. and I, I believe a lot in that too. Where it's you know you do something really well, help other people do their thing really well too. Because mm-hmm. why, why not? Yeah. So, yeah, that's cool. Um, so I'm sure you've seen uh, Tesla's new Cybertruck. Mm-hmm. As a truck owner, I had to bring this up. Yeah, we have mixed opinions on this. We do. So you like the design. I do. I think it looks cool. So <laughs> I think it's you, nice, and, nice and futuristic. Would you own and drive the truck? Like, yeah. Would you pay to drive that? I would. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Obviously, so, if I had the, the, the budget to yeah. do that. But. So oh, we're going to get to budget. So we're going to get the specs. They have three versions. I'm also going to bag on them a little bit because their live demo did not go as according to plan. So uh, they've already received 146,000 reservations to order the truck, wow. pulling in around 14.6 million in deposits just two days after its unveiling. And the reservations have a $100 refundable deposit. So in that, I stopped. I was like, that's really interesting where – Someone like Elon Musk, someone just super uh, capable and futuristic, is like, you know what? $100 reservation deposit, which is if someone's buying this and, and going to things like this, $100 for most of those people, I imagine, is chump change. Yeah. But it's refundable still. So you're not even locked in anything. It's just you have a reservation for 100 bucks. So there's three different trucks. The first one... It's a single motor, rear wheel drive, and they're all electric. Uh, and this has a 7,500 pound towing capacity, 250 mile range with a full battery, cost starting at 39,900. Their second version, dual motor, all wheel drive, 10,000 pound towing capacity, 300 miles of range with full battery, cost 49,900. So still not too bad in price, fairly affordable. Their third version, three motors, all-wheel drive, 14,000-pound towing capacity, 500-mile range with a full battery, cost 69900 Still not like a, a killer. You know, some of the Teslas get really up there. If you're trying to go 0 to 60 in under two seconds, yeah, you're going to pay. But uh, I was like, man, this is very, very affordable in the eye of most consumers. Now, I'm not a big fan of the style. I would not pay for the truck myself. Not a knock on Tesla or Elon Musk. Just not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. But um, I watched a video while they were doing a, a live demo, 
and they were promoting the armored glass that they have for like the windows. And so this guy took, I think it was like metal or steel, uh, kind of baseball size, and threw it at the driver's side window, <laughs> completely cracked the entire window. <laughs> like didn't straight up shatter the whole thing to where it just fell out of the window, but like 1% below that happening. And you see him turn around, and he just kind of looks down and just starts laughing. Definitely not the way they wanted it to go. No. <laughs> and I'm like, man, you, you would think, especially someone like Tesla, you would think they would test that before the live demo. I don't know. Or they got one of the ones of a bad batch. <laughs> someone put in the traditional window and not the armored glass one. But nonetheless, still almost 150,000 reservations to buy the truck so it does have like a tailgate you know still the truck bed very futuristic sharp on the edges and uh, yeah pretty wild uh, design for a truck but it's their cyber truck so interested to see how this takes off if it also has i didn't see anything about the autopilot capability i'm i'm imagining that they'll still have that since the other teslas do they can drive themselves so I'm thinking they'll do the same. But yeah, I thought this was super interesting. Very front running in terms of new truck design by them, which they've not done. Excuse me. They've had like the, the sedans, the SUV style kind of. And now they're getting into trucks. Yeah. So Elon Musk just up in the the playing field more and more, raising the bar continuously. Mm-hmm. So I see businesses getting in on this too. Yeah. For, for productivity reasons like the, the auto drive thing uh, okay yeah i see businesses getting in on this and yeah yeah i uh like i said interested to see how this goes what the driving is like mm-hmm. what people like or don't like about it when they actually get in it and drive it also want to see how fast they make it able to go but it seems like their towing capacity is you know it's it's nothing to shy away from or bat an eye at but again still very affordable uh the mile ranges, not too shabby, but uh, yeah, that's the newest thing on Tesla. So they're, like I said, always raising the bar, having something new come yeah. out. And so. they, gain, they gain interest very easily. Like yes. no, nobody else has this right now. No, not even close. And like who else, like you wouldn't trust it from anybody else but Elon Musk. Like right. people have their opinions on him, but like how, like how out there his ideas are, but this dude is definitely not on the same planet as everybody else in terms oh, of his God, level no. his level of thinking. Like he's thinking like way ahead of what everybody else is thinking. So But even he, he's developed the trust. Yeah, and, and even with his futuristic level of thinking, he's still very down to earth about it. So mm-hmm. for example, when he was on Joe Rogan when he got in trouble smoking that joint, um, they were talking about AI, artificial intelligence. And his thoughts were were trying to get there too fast. In the sense that, you know, people, you see videos of robots doing push-ups, robots moving, uh, using firearms and things. Like, it's getting very close. And he's he was saying we need to be careful because he knows how long it takes for regulations to pass. And so he said that there is going to have to be some catastrophic event where a robot, an AI, will kill a human. Um whether it was meant to or not, like it will have to be something. 
in those terms. So basically, iRobot, if you've seen the movie with Will Smith, mm-hmm. where they start to have minds of their own, decision-making capabilities of their own, where they start to think for themselves, which is a very fine line, dangerous game. And he said it will take a catastrophic event before we decide to regulate, and then it could be five, ten years before that regulation is even a law. And so his concerns were how fast we're trying to move towards that kind of racing, almost like the race to space, you know, when it was like us and Russia and things, like who can get there first. So he was, you know, he's very futuristic, but he's still grounded about it at the same time. Um, I haven't checked tabs on his underground uh, rail system Mm, or train system, but I mean, if anyone's going to do it well... (laughs) I don't know who else to put against Elon Musk. Right. Bring the rain. So interested to see how that'll affect. Because that's going, is that mostly through California, I think? I think so. Like to LA to somewhere. Yeah. But uh, yeah, help with their traffic. I heard their traffic's horrendous. I had some patients recently get back from a a trip there and they're like, oh, like if something is 30 minutes away, allow two hours. Like, jeez. Like people think our traffic's bad. Chicago traffic is worse than us. Denver is worse than Chicago. I could only imagine what LA is like. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I, I don't think I'd be able to do it. Ridiculous. So much stress. Too much stress. Yeah, when I was talking to Andy Galpin, Dr. Andy Galpin, he's out in, uh, oh, where is it? I think more Southern Cal, but he said, you know, sometimes you're in that traffic. He focuses on his breathing. You know, you can do certain breathing techniques to wake you up or get you ready if you don't don't feel like working out, get you there or techniques to calm you down, bring you back down a little bit. He goes, yep, so a lot of times that, that California traffic, got to work on my breathing. <laughs> I, I couldn't be able to do it, man. No yeah. way. Ain't no way. But, uh, yeah, Tesla. So keep an eye out on the Cybertruck. Uh, you might see Tim riding around in a Cybertruck. <laughs> but uh, you can throw a baseball. Crack his window if you want. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Speed away. <laughs> Probably do zero to 60 in like one and a half. <laughs> uh, what you got for RLE this this uh, week, man? Yeah, man. This is a special RLE this week, it right? Is. We, it we, is. We, number 100. Triple digits. We made it. We made it. All right. Now we're done, right? Right. That's it. All right. Thanks for joining, everybody. All right. <laughs> so episode 100, uh, we wanted to recap a few episodes in each of our minds that we thought we either really connected to, thought just stood out a little more than others, uh, things that we can pull really good things from. So, Tim, yeah, fire away, my man. Yeah, I'll go back to uh, Christoph Lewis, episode 40. Ooh, our good buddy Christoph. Yeah, so Christoph Lewis, he was he's a Navy veteran. I think he served for eight years, I believe, uh, something close to there. Yeah, I don't remember the exact time, but yeah, he he did a good amount of years. Yeah, so he was originally he was living in Colorado. He's trying to kind of find himself. He was he was not really on the path that he wanted. Decided to st- uh, j- jump into the Navy, and I think the de- the Navy definitely shaped him into who he is today, as mm-hmm. it does for a lot of people. He became more disciplined. He started investing a lot in his own mind. Like he listened to a lot of podcasts while he was over there. He li- he read a lot of books, became very reflective and very very mindful while he was over there and it motivated him to start a podcast when he got back to the United States. I think now he lives 
uh, in the Northeast area, somewhere in Virginia, I think. Yeah, Virginia, Virginia area, close to D.C., yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he has a, a podcast called the Christoph Lewis Podcast, and he interviews, I mean, kind of a similar format to what we do. He interviews very interesting people with interesting story to tells in the in the military, uh, like, veteran format. Like, mm-hmm. most of his guests come from that realm. Um, and his interview really influenced me just because of his story, the way he turned things around, um, the way he invested knowledge into himself, and the way he runs his podcast. Because he, he has given me a lot of inspiration in the way we do things as well. Yes. Like, like whether it's social media. He's a very, very good at the way he provides value on social media. Very active. Regardless of whether you have a podcast or not, it, it's a very good example of how to provide good value on social media rather than just highlighting the best things of your life. Like he's legitimately out to go do, like provide value for people through his life. Um, and our interview with him was very impactful for me and talks about taking the time to yourself each day to, to be grateful and write down the things that you're thankful for, um, living in the present moment. Um, just t- taking that time each day to not only give love to other people, but make sure you're taking care of yourself before you're taking care of anybody else. Mm-hmm. And that interview definitely had a, a big impact on me. Episode 40, Christoph yeah. Lewis. And, and I like his style of he, he's big on helping people transition wealth from military back to civilian life. Mm-hmm. Cause he said that was something that he really had to work on and kind of struggled through a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we, we won't know what that's like. We weren't in the military, but you know, I work with someone who was in the Marines and, and that transition, you know, you're used to one way you're, you're told, you're told the mission, what to do, how to do. It. And you know, you get the mission done. And so he, he had to kind of find his, his way of easing out of it. So yeah. he, I think his last couple of years, he said he had more of a, a desk-ish style job to where it was a little calmer, mm-hmm. um, and that helped ease him back into it. So that's a big premise of his, too, is helping military people transition out when it is that time, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is, is huge and um, downplayed maybe a little bit where we don't think about that transition. That's got to be really hard. You're going from zero to 100 in one, and then you're kind of going the opposite way where it's more lackadaisical. Maybe you have more of your own decisions that you can make. Like, oh, I, I was used to being directed on what to do here or told what to do here. Now I, I can do kind of what I want. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that, ha- um, that he has that aspect to it as well. Mm-hmm. And like another thing about him is he, his daughter was just born this mm-hmm. past year. Yeah. And I always, beautiful family. Yeah. I always applaud uh, people who can continue to grind the way he has and like devote his energy toward his passion while having a kid. Because, mm-hmm. like, I feel like w- having a kid is the most beautiful thing that could ever happen to someone. Yeah. But I do feel like some people, they, they lose, they also lose sight or put other things on hold in that process, which. Your 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 child should always be your number one priority, but I just always applauded the way he's able to balance everything going on in his life and still produce like great content like that. Mm-hmm. And it's a good lesson for people like you can still do anything no matter what. Like, right. So. And I saw him recently create his own home gym, where he said he was out of the gym, not working out for like three four months, I think it was, and so he 
And that's got to be tough too because I couldn't imagine not training for three or four months mm. where he had to prioritize some other things, you know, especially having a new newborn. And to your point where people are like, oh, I don't have the time. I got to focus on this instead. He focuses on his full-time job, his, his family time, his time just him and his wife, his me time, his podcast. Like mm-hmm. the dude can balance a lot. And yeah. to your point, it's very impressive and very admirable and something that, you know, everyone's got the time, as mm-hmm. we say. It's a priority thing. So yeah. how are you really working through your days? And it seems like he's kind of got a, a working formula where, you know, people aren't really getting shorted. I'm sure there's some days where, you know, he, he lacks here and there. But, I mean, it he's really got it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I like that we kind of keep in touch. He... he uh, Showed some love on a, on a recent post of mine, and, and we'll kind of show love back and forth. So I'm glad that we have that relationship with him. Very thankful that when he found us and reached out to us to to do an episode. So, yeah, Christoph Lewis podcast. Mm-hmm. said episode 40. Yep. Changing the game. Uh, you got a couple others, yeah? Oh, yeah. So also episode 48 with Ben Gothard. So Ooh, Ben Gothard, ben. He's, uh, he's similar to our age. He's around, I think he's... Yeah, I think he's a couple years younger, perhaps. Yeah, so he's a he's a serial entrepreneur, uh, CEO, author. I think he's published over fourteen books, including a book called CEO at Twenty, a book for big dreams. Um, he's built multiple revenue generating e commerce businesses. He's developed a payment processing company called QuiverPay. What re- what really motivated me about this interview and what inspired me is like how much of a hustler that kid was Mm -hmm. from the time he went to college. Like most people, when they go to college, like they screw off, they, they do enough to just get by in class. And like, he was there hustling, like running a social media marketing agency on the side, like back in like 2013, 2014, when not that many people were doing that yet, it was less likely to do more businesses needed it and less people were out there doing it. Um, He's got his own podcast called uh, Project Egg Entrepreneurs Gathering for Growth, where he interviews entrepreneurs. So I was just very impressed with him with the way he was able to, like Kristoff, like balance everything in his, in his life, mm-hmm. personal life, college, and still dedicate enough time to running businesses. And what was cool about him is he was very transparent in the fact that, hey, like at first, like I, I wasn't really qualified to do this at first. I had to learn as I go. I had to learn about building and, de- and growing a team like leading a team, being able to delegate, because that was the biggest thing he said he was struggling at first was delegating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed our interview with him. I, mean, I think he's from Louisiana. I think it's where he's from. He went to LSU. Yep. Yep. Um, and yeah, it was very, because even after the interview when we were done, like off air, he was just giving us good advice on how to develop our, our podcast into a, a business venture. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed him. He was episode 48 uh, at Ben Gothard, official B-N-G-O-T-H-A-R-D. Um, and I really just enjoyed how, how much that kid has done and like how, how he's been able to just do that many things and provide value in a bunch of different ways. So, mm-hmm. and, and one of the more impressive things I remember when we spoke to him, he was financially free, I think by his junior year in college mm-hmm. to where he didn't really have to worry about money as much. Not that he like was in private jets by junior year, but he was financially free in the sense he didn't need to work for you know in a corporate job or, or what have you have another person in charge of him where he was completely sustainable 
relying solely on his businesses. Mm-hmm. And which, passive income. Yes. Talks about passive income too. Which is such a big goal of, of each of ours to, you know, I don't want to have to rely on anyone else at a certain point for my revenue streams mm-hmm. where everything that you and I are making are on our own terms where we don't have set parameters by someone else. We, we make our own schedule and rules and how hard we work is how much we make. So, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm just a gambling man and, mm-hmm. and, you know, we like to gamble on ourselves. So very entrepreneurial. And so I liked that point where he was, he hustled to the point where before he graduated college, this man was financially free. Yeah. And it's like, that's just a different type of cat, different type of entrepreneurial spirit and different hustle. So mm-hmm. yeah, big credit to that. Yeah. What's the third one you got for us? My third and final one, episode 46, Doc Richard McGowan. <sighs> philosopher. Bang, bang. Yeah, he was a philosopher, or is a philosopher, and he was my business ethics professor at Butler University. Mm-hmm. My first ever B in my entire academic Ooh. career. And for good reason, man. Like, I learned so much in that class, like, thinking outside the box. Um, he's retired now. He's been retired for about two or three years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's taken a lot of time now to, like, work on his, like, artist aspect of him. Like, yeah. he, does, he does paintings. And I remember what was so special about this interview, episode 46, was that we, he invited us to his home. He, he made dinner for us. I, we ended up watching. That chili was bomb. Yeah, we watched the Pacers game after when they lost. I remember I, I hated that. But the fact that he invited us into his house, we had we sat down at his dining table, and we had the most like just intimate interview. It was it was very like personal. It was mm-hmm. authentic. Um, he gave us great insights on like the biggest thing I took from this is we live in a world where it's very divisive right now. Like there's people are on one side people are on the other side and he talks about like commonality on and the things and to focus on the things like we as humans like have in common and start there and then build out because eventually like we all hold different opinions and we find that we we're actually more similar than what we think we are he p- pulls up the example of like if you go into any college classroom today and ask like who's been the biggest ask the class who's been the biggest influence in your life most people are going to have similar answers. I'd say like 85 to 90% of the people are going to say somewhere combination of their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and like he talks about, we all have four things in common. We have rights. We need to show justice to each other, utility and care. Like that, that argument. Um, and just talking about how we can control our emotions throughout the day. How, why we become really angry at small things and just kind of ha- how to channel that. Mm-hmm. Um, very like if you will, philosophical point of view on things because yes. he's a philosopher. And I would definitely encourage people to go back and listen to that interview because it, it gives you a lot of insight about that. So Yeah, that was uh, that was really fun for me too. Also, he's also uh, both of our ethics professor. And I remember that class where, so I always had to work a little harder with school. I just, from high school, going to see teachers early in the morning, just certain things I just had to work harder in school. And... You know, he he challenged us to think a different way than everyone else was thinking. And I remember I had friends in the other ethics class where they were getting A's easy. Easy. I'm like, really? I was like, man, I'm struggling to get a B in this class. And but at, at that point, you know, I wasn't straight A's in college. I was like, all right, as long as it's pretty good grade. 
but he taught me how to think so differently and on a much deeper, consistent level where I remember in that interview, we were talking, I think we were talking road rage. Somehow we got on the topic of road rage. Mm -hmm. And I said why I think people get so angry about it. And he goes, well, why do you think that? And I said something, and I thought that was a pretty good answer. And he goes, so why do you think that? And I was like, hmm. Said something else. I'm like, all right, that was a, that was a better answer for sure. Goes, and why do you think that? <laughs> and I paused for a little longer and, and got to a much deeper root cause of the lying issue of road rage. Much deeper. And I think it eventually got down to that person's insecurities and almost a desire for our minds to seek conflict. And by the time I was done with my answer... He had said, you know, I would agree with that too. And it's like, so he, he has trained us to think so much deeper. And when I was at that seminar with Dr. Andy Galpin, he was talking about with coaching, uh, with his athletes, the power of three whys. Oh, I, I need to deadlift 400 pounds. Why? Oh, because I need to be able to do this. Why? Oh, because I can't do this. Why can't you do that? And so it's finding the limiting factors. What is really inhibiting you? So the power of three whys. And as soon as I had that in that seminar, I thought to that conversation with Doc McGowan where it's like, oh, whoa, he's using the power of why. And getting the more you ask just why, the deeper it goes. And so that was, yeah, phenomenal chili, phenomenal conversation. Uh, he brews his own uh, beer, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yep, that's real. And yeah, he's just an awesome, awesome dude. Very interesting uh, to sit down and talk to. And we went for quite a while on that that episode, I think, too. That was a good, I think, hour and a half or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was, yeah, I'm glad you brought that one up because that was really fun, uh, but challenging, too, mm-hmm. where you really were working mentally to keep up. Yeah. But that was fun. Yeah. So yeah, nice little, ooh, good little recap. Mm-hmm. I like those three. Yeah, so I had had a few of my own as well, starting with uh, episode number 35 was not an interview. It was uh, an episode just you and I, Tim, and it wasn't because of the topics in it. Of course, I thought they were pretty good topics already. Uh, We talked about the college admission scandal with What's-Her-Nuts from Full House. Lori Laughlin. Yep. That happened that long ago. I know, right? Episode 35. That seems like it happened more recent than 35. Episode 35. (laughs) 65 episodes ago. That's crazy. Uh, the FDA and opioid addiction fight, uh-huh. uh, the power of asking, effective time management, and professional self-awareness is what we covered in that episode. Uh, but it wasn't because of the topics. It was because, and I remember that exact day after we finished, um, I think that was when we really had our segments kind of planned out in, in our flow of the episode. And it hasn't changed because after that one, it was like, whoa, it just, that one felt different. It flowed differently. It was just methodical, a little more put together. And it was kind of the start of our groove. Mm -hmm. You know, we, it was pretty good up to that, you know, got to rough through it a little bit. We'd never done a podcast. Yeah. First, first, however many were, you know, working the kinks out and it was 35. I remember where I said, wow, I, I think we're finally getting a little more of the hang of this to where it just, like I said, ebbed and flowed better. It was smoother, better transitions, just calmer communication uh, and and less of our filler words, I feel like. 
and in, in all the small areas, it just it felt really, really good, and was finally a feeling of okay, I think we're meant to do this. Mm-hmm. And, and thirty five, it was just it was a powerful transition for me, and it was a turning point I think for us and, and the business and the podcast and our speaking ability to where we were just starting to get it. And, and so that that was that was why thirty five really. I wanted to go over that today was because that to me was a transformational episode. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I the agree. topics I thought were really good, but it wasn't just that. It was it was a transformational episode. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, oh, do you have something? I don't want to cut you off. Uh, I just thought like after this one, it was also like a lot more fun and enjoyable and easier to prepare for each episode too. Like I felt like after this, we came to the table with more like in-depth research on things. Mm-hmm. Um, we j- because we set expectations for ourselves. Uh, we just we knew what it took to make each episode successful. At that mm-hmm. point, we had a, a like a guideline, a system, which is important for anybody to do when they're starting something. Like set your expectations about what a su- successful day looks like, what a successful work session looks like, what a successful month or week ahead looks like to you we set the expectations for our ideal episode and i think i'm glad you brought that one up damn 35 yeah number 35 yeah like i said wasn't an interview just that was it just really stuck out and that was a a pivotal moment and a turning point where yeah i walked away and i was like wow like not that i haven't been having fun with this until this point but that was really really fun Mm -hmm. and where it just it clicked it's like, okay, and, and we haven't really changed our, our style in terms of formatting with our episodes too much because, like, it's it's how it is, and we're going to add some segments um, over our breakfast meeting on Sunday. We're going to add a segment in the next 6 to 12 months. We're, we're just kind of making sure we don't do too much all at one time but and adding the appropriate things. But, yeah, 35. Episode 35 is where it turned around. And then episode number 75 with Tim Roberts founder of TrustPoint, uh, Sandler Trading. So he does uh, training, sorry. He does sales training. And his biggest thing, he also studied two years of gestalt therapy, which he goes in and finds out with that CEO what happened at age five, six, seven, whatever it may be, what was said to them from a caretaker, how are they taken care of growing up to where they're now making the decisions that they're making. And it might be detrimental to to the business and they think it's something or someone else and so he goes in and finds out the root uh the lying root causes of their decision making but it was that but also his demeanor the way he carries himself uh, very bubbly and positive energy high energy and he'll sell the clothes on your back back to you um and he's just very talented in his craft but that's another thing. He works at his craft, and he's a master of his domain in that. Where, you know, I, if you told me to go up against him, I'd be shivering in my boots. Mm-hmm. Like he, he had a, a an awesome story about he had a handful of decision makers. Uh, I think it was like five at the time. Four were on board. One was very strong against him, and he had the follow up meeting, and the one against him had stacked the deck and brought in like. 17, 18 people that were going to side with him and say no. And he he starts with this, you know, can we all agree? And, and it's that also gets me is 
All right, if you can't all agree on, on something off the bat, then you're not going to agree, agree on anything later. Starting with commonality. Exactly. First. Yes. So finding that common ground. Can we agree? And I think his, his way of doing it was, by the end of this, we'll go around the room. We'll say out loud if you're for this or against this. And if the numbers are against this, then that's it. No hard feelings. Uh, I, I walk away and don't bother you again. And by the end of his uh, speaking, his presentation, it was unanimous across the board that they were in favor of what he was trying to do. Even the guy that was super against him, he was the last one. And he said, you know what? You changed my mind. I'm on board. And just being able to do that, that uh, art of persuasion and style of communication, his skills with that, uh, it's just he, he's curious like us. He was very interested in our naturally curious kind of subheading. And he is genuinely interested in learning the people. And then we'll see, okay, I need to get them from, you know, wondering how much it costs to, can you help me? Mm-hmm. And his approach to things and just his, his mental chess playing abilities with, with his sales is second to none. And when we were speaking with him, he's just... He's on a different playing field, man. Mm-hmm. He, he's a different cat, but he's super awesome, uh, very, very fun, and, and, and nice human being, very good individual. So uh, just how good he was at his craft, I was like, that's mastering your craft. Mm-hmm. We talk about watering the plant daily. Man, that man is watering the plant all the time. And But he's also huge on making sure his people are just as, if not more, successful. Right. He wants them to win as bad as he wants himself to win, uh, which I think is very admirable as a leader and business owner too because we've all kind of heard and you and I have talked about when you help people accomplish their goals, you much it's much easier for you to accomplish yours. Mm-hmm. And so Tim Roberts was just, that was powerful. Yeah. The man brought it. Yep. Uh, and then my last one, number 79 with our friend uh, Brendan King. Uh, he's the current play-by-play announcer for the South Bend Cubs, and he has called the game for Chicago, the Chicago Cubs, but that is his ultimate goal, to announce uh, with the Chicago Cubs. And ever since he was in college, uh, since ever since I've known him, my very first conversation with him ever when he was a freshman, he had told me his ultimate goal was to announce with the Chicago Cubs. And... Not only did I love this because he has taken all the steps to put himself in the best position to do that, starting with good internships in college. He was in the Cape Cod League. Then he was in, I think, Boise with, with uh, like a uh, like a AAA division team mm-hmm. there. And so he's moved to remote areas, lived on his own, surrounded by nothing he knows, no one he knows, no friends to to just be like, oh, hey, you know, let's just go out and try to meet some people. No, he's he was a one-man band, just going to do the things, making the sacrifices, and that's what he does. He was sacrificing living close to friends and family and comfortability because he knew where he ultimately wanted to be, and he was willing to put in the work, and he plans it out. He's very methodical with, with how he's approaching it, and someone who just has this goal. He speaks it out into the universe, but then he takes the necessary steps to get there. He's doing the behind the scenes, the trench work, all the studying and the hours of preparation to make sure that he can call the best sounding game he can call. 
And with that interview, it inspired me to enhance my skills as a speaker just in general, but especially on the mic, because when we spoke to him, we just kind of let him ride because he can paint such a beautiful image with his words. It's astounding. Mm -hmm. And it's very cool to see and hear something like that where he just flows so effortlessly. And But you know how much work he's and time he's spent in doing that. But he's just so good with his words and how he delivers messages and play calling. But he can paint that picture. It's like like a Da Vinci, but by mouth. Mm-hmm. And, and that like was that. <laughs> was inspiring to me in the sense of, okay, if we want to play at the top, we need to just flow like this man can flow. And, you know, he, he's a professional at, at what he's doing and very good. And after that, I was like, okay, it's time to kick it a nickel. Mm-hmm. Like really need to step up my game, make sure I, I have less and less filler words. Nothing's ever going to be perfect, but make sure – I enunciate well. I have good clarity with what I'm saying. I say what I mean and mean what I say and know where I'm going with my uh, thoughts. And it was just inspiring to listen to, to watch. It's inspiring to see his journey and the discipline that this man has and the focus. It's just, it, it's it's hard to, to be what he's doing and how driven this man is. Mm-hmm. Um, Very admirable. Yeah. So that was, yeah, those were my my three. So 35, 75, and 79 um, I thought were, were really uh, big ones, heavy hitters that really stuck out to me that were, uh, again, game-changing in, in a lot of different areas. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, shout-out to those, those people. Whew. All right, man. Episode 100. Did a little recap. Let's make the next 100 even better. Yeah. I, I did have uh, one more RLE. So I know we kind of did that, but I'm going to tack one on. I had an apparel company reach out to me over the weekend. and Beast first. <laughs> and so they had commented on my uh, Instagram TV video about post-workout nutrition. Shameless plug. Go check it out. I think it's got some good shit on there. But they commented, you know, text us immediately. We're serious. Uh, we want you to work with us, be a rep. I'm like, all right, well, I'll what, what hashtag? Because they didn't follow you, right? Did I, they? F- I don't think so. How do you think they found Did you? They follow you, found you by a hashtag or anything it came had up to on be a- Because it's not like I have a ton of followers. It, it had to be a hashtag of some sort. Okay. And or Keep maybe going. they Sorry. maybe they found through the no, that's fine. Maybe they found through the podcast. I don't know how people find me sometimes, yeah. but. Um, they did, they commented. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm a curious cat. Why wouldn't I check this out? So I shoot a text, say, Hey, you know, I, I got a, a comment. Appreciate you reaching out. Just want to learn more about the company, the founders, uh, and, and the message behind things. And so the alleged CEO was texting back and forth with me and told me how excited they were to have me on board, this and that. And I just wanted to know a little more. I was like, Hey, just, you know, all transparency. I, I might also have another shoot with another clothing line before the end of the year. You're only the second person to really reach out to me with something like this. I don't know how it works, so I apologize if I ask a lot of questions, but I just want to know kind of the message behind things, what you're doing, how it all works. And he gives me the layout. So there's three different rep packages, and the first rep one has two items of clothing you pick. Second level has three. Third one that's the exclusive has four items of clothing. 
and you get a customized discount code. So, you know, go here, use code, whatever, save this much percentage off. He goes, so whenever someone orders with your code, you get paid. And I was like, you know, all that, all that makes sense to me. Uh, are there like required number of posts per day that I have to do? What are the percentages and what's like the overall message behind the, the brand? Like what is the mission and the value of this? And he responded to, yes, let's get you going right now. He gave me the pricing on things. So as a rep, you still buy your initial package, which I thought was interesting. And he gave me some of the numbers that he's seen people make weekly. And, but I know that's probably relying on the amount of followers you have too, mm-hmm. with the amount of people you can reach out. It just makes sense. And it was more so that, and it didn't answer the, the brand mission or didn't answer that question. Right. Or, or what they were really about. And he's like, you know, the sweet thing about this is we're, we're motivating others at the same time, getting you closer to your goals. Bro, you don't know anything about me. You don't know my goals. You don't know who I am. And then it was, P.S., you know, I have a a big surprise for you. If you sign right now, it takes one minute on our website. Let's get it rolling. The team is super excited and very humbled to have you on board. (laughs) Why? Why are you humbled to have me on? You know nothing about me. All you did was comment on one of my videos, which, and I even told them, look, I appreciate you appreciating my content. I really do. I, I think there's good info that I put out. So I, I enjoy when other people find value in what I'm doing and saying, but you don't know anything about me. You haven't asked anything about who I am, what my goal is, what my mission is, what my morals are. And I've been asking repeatedly and I haven't gotten that answer. And it's just still going to the same layout of, of how it works, the money with it. And, you know, let's get you going. Everyone's excited. I got a big surprise. That's all great. I understand all that, but you didn't tell me the percentage. You didn't tell me if there's required number of posts that you have people do. You didn't tell me any of the details, let alone your own values and mission with the company. And that to me is a big thing. I want to make sure if I align myself with the company, if I'm going to promote them and try to convince my followers and people that I know, like, and trust to buy something that I'm trying to promote that I'll also make money on, that I really believe in and who the person is behind the company and the mission statement and values of the company. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not just going to sign with someone who's the first one to throw money at me. There's, there's always going to be money. There's money everywhere. And I, I finally said, I was like, okay, hey, can I at least have the weekend to sleep on this, think it over, pray about this a little bit? It's just something I've never done. I'd, l- I'd like to also do a little more research. I really don't know much about you and your company. And the response was, no, we need to do this now. <laughs> and he gave me the prices again. And I said, hey, man, I, I really appreciate your time, your consideration, you and your team reaching out to me. I appreciate that you value my content. I'm respectfully going to have to pass at this time. Uh, but thank you again. I do wish you all the best of luck in the future. No response back. And that to me, I was like, you know what? I made the right call and it was pretty easy. Yeah. Honestly, it was pretty easy. I'll, they can't I'll, even give you time to like reflect on it. Yeah. I'll, I don't like walking away from money, but I don't have a problem walking away from what I think to be bad money. Yeah. Where I, I would not feel right about how I would make that money. Mm-hmm. And again, I want values to align, missions to align, and I want to be with good, wholesome people. Not saying he's a bad person. Not saying it's a bad company. I just, for me personally, it was not what I 
would want to tie with and, and, and the approach. I just did not like the approach at all. And, uh, you know, acting like you knew everything that I was trying to go after and knew who I was, what I was doing. You, you didn't ask a thing. Yeah. And you couldn't even tell me your own values and mission. So good call. It sounds like for, on your part for that. I will respectfully pass shows maturity on your end for doing it. for yeah, the right I was reason. Like, Man, then you don't even hit me back after I, you know, say thank you. I respectfully decline and then, and then wish you the best. Like, Hey man, I appreciate you talking like just something. Yeah. Nothing. So it's all good. There, there's no hard feelings. I'm not here to bash them. It's just we had to go our own separate ways. So without further ado, let's get down and nerdy with it, Tim. We Time sa- for a book talk. We have the same book today, don't we? Oh, we do a little How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm-hmm. Dale Carnegie. Get you some, boy. Yeah. In honor of episode 100. I feel like I've read this book 100 times. That's why I had <laughs> it's to a great it. book. How to Win Friends and Influence People, baby. Be a good listener. Encourage others to talk about themselves. And I bring this up because of how influential it's been for me in my career um, in situations where I didn't know anybody at all to the place I was going. Um, and if you're ever like trying to really become friends with someone, really get someone to your side, really create a feeling in someone else that whenever they see you, they're going to be happy to see you for- every time after you see them after the first time is mm. this, this law, be a good listener, encourage others to talk about themselves. And some of my ask like, wait, how do you, how do you just do that with someone you've never met before or someone you don't know as well? The truth is like, we really don't know everybody the way we think we do. There's always more to unpack about, about someone. There's always a thing behind the thing that we always say. Um, and it really applies to this is Encourage other people to talk about their family, their loved ones, the people that make them feel good. Encourage people to talk about their job. Like, do they really love their job? Is it something that they really have crazy, awesome goals in that they want to talk about? Or is it something that they really don't like or, and they don't really like to share that? Or they haven't really under, like, unpacked about why they don't like it? That could lead to a discussion about something they want to do instead, which could get into something deeper. Um, what does that person like to do in their free time? Ask about the, the recreation aspect of their life. Like, what do they do outside of work? What do they do? What hobbies do they have? What, like, do they like to work out? Do they like to play golf? Do they like to do extra things? And then ask about what they want to accomplish in life. We always ask our interview guests, like, how do you want people to remember you when it's all said and done? Mm. Like, what are your aspirations in this life? Like, what do you want to accomplish before you leave this earth? I feel like if you can ask about those four things, like, and as you listen, you should be more eager to hear the story than they are telling it. Like, really focus, like, really get into their shoes and understand, like, hey, you never know what what this person could unveil, what type of connection you could make with someone, the commonality aspect. Um, so, yeah, ask questions that people enjoy answering encourage others to talk about themselves yeah and you know we've talked a lot people enjoy talking about themselves so if you get them to talk about them if you're first meeting someone and your conversation is 10 minutes if it's 30 minutes if it's 60 minutes the more they talk about themselves they're gonna walk away like wow i really enjoyed that tim guy (laughs) you know who hey Anyone else know Tim? Can I get his number? Anyone got his contact info? I really enjoyed my conversation with yeah. him because they got to talk about themselves for a majority of the time. And 
you know, to your point, getting those deeper layer questions in. So, you know, for example, if someone, you first meet someone, you start with the kind of surface, oh, what do you do, you know, for work and this and that? Then ask them, how did they get into that line of work? And then they might give you an answer. And then it's like, oh, so you, you still enjoying that? You really like doing that? And it'll be a few different things. Ah, oh, well, I've done it for, for this long. And then you can go the route of, well, what, what would you ideally like to do? If you had the best case scenario, you could make money doing whatever you want to do. What would it be? I'll have that conversation with patients. Mm-hmm. Even a new patient that I just meet, you know, take them back. We do our vitals and stuff and then ask what they do for work. It also helps me. Do they sit a lot? Do they stand a lot? You know, where is stress and pain coming from? Could it be environmental? So it, that gives me a few different things. But it also uh, kind of challenges them. Because I hear a lot of, well, I've done it for this long. It's all right. Well, that's kind of answering my question indirectly. You're not really crazy about it, but I understand there's, you know, you got a family, you need safety a little bit. But if someone does love what they do, it's like, yeah, man, I really enjoy it. Then that gets them talking about something they already love to do. Then it's, you can fuel that. It's like, oh, well, so tell me about what, what you do. Like, what is your job? What, like, what does that entail? And then... From that, you can see maybe they help people with this type of device or widget or service, and then you can ask more about that. Oh, uh, so you deal with people a lot, you know, and then you can just keep getting a little deeper and deeper. So let what you're listening to, and you're not just listening, you're hearing what they're saying, and then you can ask. So how many times in interviews do we detour because of something they say within their story, then we say, oh, I want to go back to this because you mentioned this and that's not a, maybe a question we had in mind to ask or thought, but that comes up because they get excited about it. Mm-hmm. And then you can fuel that fire, stoke that fire, and then they, they just keep going and then it's brand new conversation and a different point. Then you hear something that, that clicks in your mind again and you're like, oh, so you mentioned this too. Like, what was that like? And then you get their experiences. They start telling stories about things. And then before you know it, it's like, whoa, that was a really good conversation. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot about that person. And that person didn't learn much about me, but they, they learned that they really like me. And so you never know where things might go. So, yeah, I like, I like your point. Being a good listener and encouraging others to talk. So that's, man, good book. Read that a few times myself. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. So, yeah, I, uh, I brought up that, that same, same book, but uh, also with the act of just taking genuine interest. So kind of along the similar lines, you want to be actually interested because people can tell if you're just listening to respond and you're waiting till it's your turn to talk. You know, we we have plenty of conversations. I've had plenty of conversations with people or friends or this and that where you try to say something and then it's either interrupted and they completely pull a 180 and it's irrelevant to your conversation, but it's something that they just want to talk about. It's like, all right, I'll listen to you. You keep going, but I'm done talking. And it's like you want to be genuinely interested. And that's one thing. And I got this kind of from my RLE of the clothing company reaching out where they said how excited they were about me joining. It's like you don't know anything. Like you weren't genuinely interested in me. You were interested in the numbers and what I could do for you, not what I could really do for other people. And so uh, this, and then I also am mixing in Gary Vee's uh, Crushing It. And he talks about providing value first. 
and we like to provide value first with the podcast. You know, this is free to listen to um, with the the apparel people. I think they should have provided a little more value first. Like, hey, we want to do this. We want to send you something. Would you like to try our clothes? You know, no cost to you. If you don't like it, send it back. If you do like it, keep it. But there's no pressure to sign or anything. We just want to get your thoughts. And if you like it, rep it with us. Mm. That'd be a much different conversation. But that's providing value first. Do I see value in what you're selling? And it's like I'm not going to be some shady, you know, cliche salesman where I don't believe in the product. I'm selling just trying to churn and burn a profit. And so, yeah, between that, providing the value, taking genuine interest, going in line with yours, get people talking about themselves, encourage them to do that, but be a good listener with that genuine interest. So, yeah, that's Gary V. Dale Carnegie getting after it. And I think they're just, you know, they're, they were in the people business. Mm-hmm. They just happen to write books, too. So we're all in the people business. And I think we've had a lot of experiences where, that really comes to light where you deal with the person first and then the rest comes later. The business comes after, but you're in the people business first. Yep. I so, love it. Yeah. All right, Tim. Anything else for episode 100? Yeah, I just want to thank everybody who is still listening at this point with for continuing the journey with us. We, I mean, we wouldn't have a podcast without you guys. So mm-hmm. appreciate your ear. Appreciate all the suggestions we get the the encouragement we get i mean it yeah. motivates us to, to know that we're helping people out so just yeah, want to say thank you the good feedback yeah the small things like hey maybe a little more in depth on this or that and it just it really helps us get better at it and and yeah we always appreciate you know if you've been riding with us from from day one episode one all the way through to 100 uh that's big too that's just it's loyalty commitment but anyone who just joins uh, welcome to the show. We appreciate your time. You're taking a chance on us. Uh, but yeah, a big thank you because we made it 100 episodes. Yes, 100 episodes is really cool, man. And yeah, feels good. You know, I, then I listen to Joe Rogan. He's got like 14, 1500. I'm like, no comparison. 100 is big for us. Mm-hmm. He was zero to 100 at one point too. So um, I'm excited for the next 100, excited for the first thousand. Um, I'm excited to just keep getting better and talking to more interesting people. So yeah. Uh, Yeah, if you guys are really enjoying the show, please head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Then DM us on Instagram at Off The Dome Radio, letting us know your name uh, so we can identify you not just with the Apple ID, but let us know you left a comment and review and a good mailing address, physical mailing address. We will send you a little surprise, uh, something full free, no charge to you. We just need... What, you said 30 seconds to leave a review, Tim? That's it. Three zero seconds. Not even a full minute out of your 24-hour day. Uh, that's If we could ask one more small favor, that would be it. That really helps us uh, get some more exposure, some traction. We really appreciate it. And thank you so much again, guys, for helping us get to episode 100. Enjoy the rest of your beautiful Tuesday.